Well, Razorback fans, that was an extremely disappointing season. Arkansas finishes 6 and 6 after losing to Missouri on Black Friday up in Columbia. What went wrong? We're going to talk about that as well as the next steps for the Razorback football team and also talk a little Razorback basketball and why Eric Musselman did nothing wrong. We'll talk about it all here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7 The Buzz. Dot com. Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend as it was uh, always great to be able to spend time with family and loved ones and have that long weekend of watching football and in some cases even some basketball and just being able to take a break right before we get into the craziness of December and the Christmas holidays as well. So hope everybody had a great one. I know I sure did. Of course, if you're a Razorback fan, though, uh, it's really hard to say that uh, as a fan, you had a great Thanksgiving weekend as Arkansas goes on the road to Columbia, Missouri and loses. That's right, loses to the poverty football program of Missouri by a final score of 29 to 27. Arkansas finishes six and six. So does Missouri. And you have now entered into a territory of quite the conundrum where Razorback fans in general don't really have any excitement right now or any encouragement which seems so crazy from just a year ago how things have changed but not even just a year ago but just as the season has gone on there has been back and forth times of encouragement disappointment encouragement disappointment and it even was just a couple weeks ago after Arkansas smoked Ole Miss in Fayetteville with K.J. Jefferson being back 100% healthy, everyone's like, there it is. There it is. That's what we needed. We needed to see K.J. healthy, and when K.J.'s healthy, this team's a whole new animal, and they're going to get back to form, and they're going to take care of business and have a strong finish to the season and beat Missouri. But instead, it didn't happen. Arkansas loses the game, and all the trophies that they won from last year that meant so much to them have now been emptied from the trophy case, completely and totally empty. It's, I'm not going to say it's a massive failure of a season because a massive failure of a season to me would be Arkansas going four and eight, uh, not not making a bowl game, uh, not have any decent or fun wins, like anything like that would be that would be one, something that I would call a failure. This is disappointment, and there's no other way to chalk it up. There's no other way to look at it. Finishing six and six is not what this team should have done this year. And I know we'll talk a little bit about the game specifically too because I think that there's some points. Uh, that need to be brought up there and some complaints that I have too. But this team does not need to be 6-6. Six and six. But you looked like a 6-6 six and six team against Missouri. You looked like a team that was completely and totally outmatched, outcoached, outgunned, outphysicaled, out everything uh, with a Missouri team that, yes, has had a pretty good defense, but overall has not been a good team whatsoever. Arkansas is a more talented and better football team than Missouri, but the problem is, is that Arkansas had problems showing that many times this year going up against their opponents that they knew that they were superior against or should have been superior against, but for whatever reason, could not get it done. Now, K.J. Jefferson in this game has a, a decent game in the passing. In 20 of 27, 212 yards and, a, and two touchdowns, he did have 
an interception there, which was a, a bad play. But he was sacked seven times in this game. Seven times. Rocket Sanders. The guy goes 10 carries, 48 yards. Uh, also has a catch for a touchdown with uh, three catches for 22 yards. But I am just blown away. I mean, there's a lot of complaints here. I'm just blown away in the fact that uh, Rocket Sanders, according to the stats, ran, uh, touched the ball, ran the ball twice in the second half. Twice. Your running back that was good enough to be all SEC first team, good enough to get the regular season rushing title in the SEC, good enough to have one of the best running uh, running back seasons you would ever see at an SEC program, and he has 10 carries, and two of those came in the second half. Two, 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 two carries to Rocket Sanders. But that's okay, though, because when you're on the goal line and it's first and goal from the two, you can't punch it in for a touchdown. You know why? Because you run something really stupid. I don't even want to know what the play call was. I don't know. I don't know what I don't care about the title, but you run a play to where Trey Knox, the tight end, mind you, goes and sneaks right under center, takes the ball, and tries to pile it in. And he doesn't get it. Who would have guessed? Wow. Incredible, incredible innovation there. I have been somebody who has been a huge uh, fan. I wouldn't say a huge fan, but I've been maybe more defending Kendall Bryles as the season has gone on just because I felt like whenever the quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, was 100% healthy, and Arkansas's offense was always much, much better than what people gave it credit for. And the stats showed that. Again, when K.J. was healthy, Arkansas averaged 37 points a game. That's really great. They were a very balanced offense. They balanced uh, uh, 500 yards with 250 passing, 250 rushing. So they were really good in that way. But this game, there was no excuse for Arkansas to have the struggles that they did. They got smoked on the offensive line once again. Again, you got to give credit to Missouri's defense and their defensive front. They have a really good defense. But they got smoked, sacked seven times. K.J. Jefferson was in this game. Rocket Sanders averaged 4.7 yards a carry, but only had 10 carries. I don't know why. K.J. Jefferson ran it 19 times. Rocket ran it 10. So how? How does that happen? I, I, I was very disappointed with the, with the management. I was very disappointed with the overall uh, going into the game and the mentality that this team had. It, it was just so dumb where in the first half, the defense is getting cooked by a Missouri offense that's trash. They were getting cooked the entire time. Uh, they they went out there and made Brady Cook look like Michael Vick. He he threw he ended up running. Brady Cook, the quarterback, ran for 138 yards in this game. He averaged 7.7 yards a carry. He threw for 242, looking like Michael Vick out there. But the offense actually brought it a little bit in the first half. They at least took the lead going into halftime. It's 21 to 20. Arkansas had the lead, but then the second half, it's almost like everything just changed where suddenly the offense couldn't do squat, but the defense actually did a pretty good job of slowing down Missouri and making those adjustments. But it was too little too late. Arkansas had opportunities. They got the ball back late where they could have had a chance to at least put Cam Little in the field goal range and possibly uh, give him a chance to win the game. Uh, I'm not saying he would win it for sure, but he would have a chance to. And Arkansas just wasn't able to capitalize. I am I'm extremely frustrated and disappointed. There's been times where it's been frustrating this year, too, with some losses. You know, I looked at some losses as in like the A&M one that, oh, man, that, you know, that was the one, oh, we should have had back. We should have won. Should have been not even close. But 
You know, maybe that was just a fluke. You know, you lose to Bama. What it is, what it is, it's Bama. You lose to Mississippi State on the road. Well, it's your backup quarterback. Couldn't find a way to get it get it done. That's a tough loss too. And then you lose to uh, Liberty at home because KJ Jefferson wasn't healthy and he looked terrible. And then you lose to LSU at home. Well, if KJ plays, then maybe you win. Like there was always kind of a thing to where call it an excuse, call it a reason that you could look at every single game and say, well. If this happened, if that happened, if this was different, maybe it'd be better. Maybe there would have been a better chance. Whether you agree with it or not, that's just the case. But this one, there's none of that. There's none of that. KJ was healthy. For the most part, your team was healthy. Your your offensive line was there. Um, your your defense was there. I know Bumper Pool did not play, but Chris Poupal, I think, is a very serviceable guy to stick right in there. There's no excuse. And you knew what was on the line. You knew what they were playing for. And you lost. There's no excuse for this. Zero. And now comes a huge, huge offseason for Sam Pittman. Uh, there's a lot of people that have been tweeting at me talking about they want Sam Pittman fired. That's dumb. That's very dumb. That's not happening, nor should it happen. I think Sam Pittman deserves a chance to right this ship and get things back next year and make some moves to be able to get this team back next year. But losing four games this season by three points or less it, it, it that's that's just what the thing about this whole season really frustrates everybody is not to say that they would they should have won each and every one of those games because we know that close games are just going to happen but i mean you're thinking about those games are the difference between going 6 and 6 and 10 and 2 it really is and honestly in all those games you should have won them you should have beaten AM, you should have beaten liberty should have beaten lsu and you should have beaten uh, Missouri, you should have won all four of those games. But you didn't. Because the difference in those games, and some of this we saw last year that we didn't see this year, the difference in those games becomes decision-making and playmaking. Where it's not just on the coaches. It's not just on one coach or a coordinator or anything like that. And it's not just on one player. It's a collective effort. But when you have decisions and playmaking coming together in a positive way, you win those games. You win those games. But Arkansas didn't do that this year. Six and six is how they finish. Losing to Missouri. And I know Missouri fans were getting all after Razorback fans and, you know, talking about, oh, how much were uh, Missouri's a better program than, than what uh, Arkansas is. And I was just kind of laughing about that. I'm like, okay, listen, hey, you've had success. There's no doubt about it. But the difference is, is that Arkansas fans at six and six are pissed off wanting to fire everybody. And you, Missouri, at six and six, you, you give your con your coach a contract extension, and you guys are lighting up cigars. So if that doesn't show you kind of the difference between the two programs, I don't know what is. But terrible, disappointing, infuriating, frustrating. Zero excuse for it. Things are going to have to change. I don't know what specific things have to change to just make this better overnight. But I do believe that things will change. Things will be made uh, public here very soon, whether it's players or coaches leaving or players and coaches staying, whatever it may be. We're going to know a lot this week. In fact, uh, we'll talk more about some of the things that are going to be happening next here uh, in the Razorback football program in just a second. But first, folks, inflation has been killing us all. We know that Christmas is around the corner. We're going to be spending a lot of money, whether it's traveling, whether it's buying you know groceries for food to get everybody fed around the Christmas table. Maybe it's the fact that uh, we're going to be buying a lot of gifts for all the children. Whatever it is, we're going to be spending a lot of money. But 
luckily for you, there's a way to get money back for all those purchases. And it's the Upside app. That's why I use it. Because no matter what, whether it's groceries, whether it's gas, whether it's going out, Upside is an incredible app for anyone that does the same thing. With Upside, I don't have to cut back. Because I get cash back on every single purchase. So to get started, just download the free Upside app and use my promo code LOCKED. You'll get $5 or more cash back on a purchase of $10 or more. Next, you claim that offer for whatever you're buying with Upside. You can check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and make sure that you get paid. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED with Upside. Also here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast, we know that a lot of you that are listening are business owners. You're somebody that is looking out to not only have uh, a great business model, but also have great employees that can be able to help you out whenever the times are really busy, which, of course, the holiday season seems to always up that. But that's why you can check out LinkedIn, because with your small business, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check in LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills so you can experience and quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs as the number one job delivery service when it comes to quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, um, you know, I'm going to have to, that's weird, they started, I got my all my same little titles there, all the same, sorry about that, I don't know, how does that happen? Anyways, <laughs> uh, so we'll just go to what's next for the Razorbacks, even though it's not highlighted. Uh, what's next for the Razorbacks? Uh, some things have already happened that we do need to talk about and discuss, and, and a few of those things being uh, the fact that Arkansas fired their strength and conditioning coach, uh, Jamil Walker. Uh, multiple sources said this over the weekend. Uh, it was that Walker actually received a raise back in March for $425,000 per year and an extension through 2024 of February. And it was the second uh, consecutive uh, offseason that Walker had received a pay raise. It was one of his Pittman's first hires when he came from Georgia for Pittman. And it was something that I was a little bit shocked by to see how it all uh, came to an end with him. And maybe there was some things that maybe we just didn't know about. Maybe there were some things that, uh, that kind of came to light that, you know, was going behind the scenes. We don't know, but I just love how fans immediately, cause they're mad. They say, Oh, well, you know, Jamil Walker's the scapegoat. And they start uh, tweeting out that like, Oh man, this is, this is just showing you how out of control the program is and all that stuff. I'm not buying that. Here's my thing. I don't know anything. I don't have any evidence. I don't have any, um, you know, inside sources to say anything like that. But my guess is that if you're firing the strength and conditioning coach, especially when Sam Pittman gave him a raise and obviously believed a lot in him, there's something going on there. Now, Arkansas got pushed around a lot this year. Uh, they were not as physical this year as they were even last year. So is that all on the strength and conditioning coach? I think he's definitely part of it. 
but there seems to be maybe some disconnect there uh, with uh, with the strength and conditioning coach and Sam Pittman. In fact, I would even make the argument. This is again just my uh, my observation from standing back behind the scenes and just looking at the program in general. The entire coaching staff, I feel like there was a lot of disconnect in a lot of different places, whether it's uh, coach to coordinator, coordinator to assistant coaches, position coaches, strength and conditioning coach. It seemed like you always had people kind of going different directions there. Now, I always have believed that Sam Pittman is the type of coach where it can be a great thing and it can also be a detrimental thing where he is a manager. He lets his coaches coach. He lets his coordinators run the offense and defense. He lets his position coaches get after those guys. He observes it. He overlooks it. But he hires these guys to do a job, and he gives them a lot of freedom to do those jobs and let it all come together where he's at the top, and he's the guy that will have the ultimate decisions in a lot of these things. That's how I've always looked at it. But in this particular case, it seemed like there was just nobody was really on the same page. You'd have – Guys have looking good here, but not here. But then different weeks, different times, look different. It was just all over the place. There was no sort of consistency. The fact that Arkansas was able to go the entire season with only one opening drive resulting in points this year is disgusting. Uh, you know, There's just a lot of things that didn't make sense and didn't add up. But from what I would say and from what I would believe with the whole thing with Jamil Walker and the uh, being the uh, guy that gets fired as a strength and conditioning coach, there's something there. There's something that's changed. There's something that's different. And I, it might have been one of those things behind the scenes. So uh, we'll see what uh, Sam Pittman ends up doing uh, with that and replacing Jamil Walker. Some people said Kiero Small needs to come. I think he's up at Michigan. I would. I think it would be great if uh, Kiero Small came back and uh, was able to be a part of it. And I think Tank Wright also, someone at Illinois, who's a former Razorback that does some strength and conditioning training, maybe he would come back. So I don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and try to say I know what's a good strength and conditioning coach. I have no clue. But uh, that's what I'm hopeful for. Also, in some other news, this was a weird thing that happened with uh, Miles Slusher, the defensive back, announced he was transferring. Uh, I don't really know how any of this makes sense. So we know that Miles Slusher got suspended for the LSU game after getting arrested. And if you saw the video, uh, I thought that it was a little overzealous of the police officer there in, uh, in Fayetteville to arrest people in that situation. But Somebody who grew up in Fayetteville, somebody went to school at the U of A. There's a lot of overzealous Fayetteville police officers that love to get after students. So just saying, not every one of them. I love I love the police departments. I back the blue and everything. But, you know, there are some times where that type of thing does happen. So that was that was uh, that was not uh, ideal, but he got suspended and then he came back and played against Ole Miss. So I thought, hey, OK, so he's back. He's playing. Everything's good. Well, then on Wednesday. He was on Instagram. He turned his comments off, and it showed that he was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's like, well, okay. Shouldn't you be like going up, getting up there to Missouri? Uh, I was like, that, that that looks weird. Well, then it was officially announced uh, via the U of A right before the game started that uh, Miles Slusher quit the team. He's not here. Well, then Miles Slusher quote tweets Andrew Hutchinson of Hogbeat.com with his and he says, "Quit." If anybody know me for real, I put people before my before anything. Uh, I've always been that way. Ain't never been selfish. Always a team player in all phases of life. Everything ain't always what it seemed. Can the people y'all praise in life say the same? Hashtag last response. Okay, so take that for whatever you want. Uh, he ends up deleting the tweet, and then he ended up announcing he's transferring out. Here, here's my thing. He quit. I, I don't think there's any like way that you can go around it. The guy quit. 
Now, I'm not going to get after him and say that, oh, you're, you're a quitter, because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know. Maybe there was some stuff that he was wrong by, or maybe he actually did just flat out quit on his team. Maybe that's the case. I do find it a little weird that he got suspended for LSU, comes back for Ole Miss, plays against Ole Miss, and then quits. I'm like, so did something happen after the Ole Miss game, before the Missouri game, that caused you to do this? It was very strange. So he ends up quitting. He's saying he's going to be transferring out, uh, is what it is. But I just thought that was really weird that that, that ended up happening. And so now uh, we're going to see today, because again, this is podcast being recorded on this Monday. So a lot of you may be watching it. Who knows? There's probably something that's already uh, broken news. Uh, and we did not uh, did not be able to talk about it because it's happening during this podcast or even after this podcast recording. But before we, we get into the final segment, I, I want to say this about the final stretch of uh, Arkansas football and encompassing this season entirely. Six and six should not happen. Let me say that again. Six and six should not have happened this season for the Razorback football team. They were a better team than what their record showed. Now, people will always say, oh, well, you are what your record says you are. That's true, 100%. But you can't sit there as a Razorback fan and look at what the Razorback football team had this year and say that this was a 6-6 six and six caliber team talent-wise. I don't buy that because, again, you lost four games by three or less points this year. And three of those teams, you were 100% better than talent-wise. You were better than AM, you were better than Liberty, and you were better than Missouri. LSU, you only lost by three. And who knows if a healthy KJ comes in there, maybe you actually win that game. But you're talking about those four games of three points or less that you lost by, the difference between going 10-2 and two and 6-6. Six and six. You were good enough to go at minimum 9-3 and three this year. You were. The only team that really was just so much better than you that you had no chance really of winning no matter what was Alabama. And honestly, the fact that you were only five points down going into the fourth quarter after being down 28 points was a pretty incredible feat. Now, you ended up losing. You lost the game. It is what it is. But this team was good enough to be better record-wise than last year's team. And instead, they're two games worse. It's frustrating. And people were getting after me saying that, no, this team was not, not a 9-3, and 10-2 team. Yes, they were. They were good enough. They were good enough to be that team. But as I mentioned, playmaking, decision-making, those are the two things that separate you from being a 6-6 six and six team and a 10-2 and two team. When you have those games be settled by three points or less, what changes the outcome of those games? What is the difference in those close games? Playmaking, decision-making. Arkansas in those games, for whatever reason, whether it was more about playmaking, whether it was more about decision-making, whatever it was, both of those things came into play and ended up costing Arkansas in those games. That's what's so disappointing about this team. That's what's so frustrating about this team this year. Six and six ain't going to cut it. That's not good enough for what this team should have been and should be. Now, how does this get fixed? How does Arkansas turn around next year? Schedule gets pretty tough. Who's leaving? Who's going? Who's staying? Like All of that thing is going to be decided this offseason. We will see what happens. But there's no doubt that this season should have been better. 
There's no doubt that this season will be looked at as a disappointment. And there's no doubt that this season, Sam Pittman's going to have a lot to deal with and a lot to change this offseason to try to make this next year a much better, much more improved, and offer some sort of hope and encouragement that this is going to get better from what it was. If you were a bad team with a lot of talent missing from this team, six and six wouldn't be great, but it at least makes sense. This team going six and six doesn't make any sense. And there's not anyone out there that can convince me otherwise. They're better than this. They should have been better than this. But in the day, they're six and six. Something's got to change and something's got to get better this offseason. Folks, I got to tell you about Nissan. Listen, our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across all the Locked On College Network called Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Razorbacks throughout history, throughout the season, whatever it may be. And I know that this week's thrilling moment may not be something from the past game because it wasn't exactly thrilling. But I will say, though, that looking back on this season and looking back on uh, the, the, the entirety of the games that they played and some of the great moments that they had, there were a lot of things to choose from, a lot of really fun plays and cool plays uh, that Arkansas ended up having this season as well. Uh, but to me, it was really just the play of Rocket Sanders. And some of the big plays that he had, it's still a complete and total farce that the fact that he is not a semifinalist for the uh, for the Doak Walker Award, it's insane. But he had so many great plays this year. And he broke it loose in so many games, had a couple, a few of over 200 yards rushing. He was able to be pretty consistent and have some big playmaking ability. Uh, just overall, you got to give it up to Rocket Sanders, the sophomore, because you get him back next year. Uh, you get him back. You think that uh, with him coming back, you know, we'll see what the rest of the team does, but you feel really good about Arkansas's chances of you know, being able to build upon that rushing attack. But here's my favorite thing about this year. On the ground, he averaged 6.5 yards a carry. He had 10 touchdowns. 14-26 is what he finishes with the regular season. Rocket Sanders, without a doubt, is going to be remembered as having one of the best seasons as a running back in Razorback history when it comes to numbers. Now, Will he be up there with Darren McFadden? No. But there's no doubt that when you think back to all the great running backs, which Arkansas has had a lot of them, especially over the past 20 years, Rocket Sanders absolutely deserves mention, and he had a phenomenal season. I can't wait to see what continues to happen with him throughout next year. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, and Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, we didn't talk much basketball, which uh, Arkansas was able to take care of business, at least in some regard there in Maui. We talked about the officials kind of blowing the game against Creighton, but man, what an exciting game, uh, that one against San Diego State. Just incredible. Uh, back and forth, Arkansas, when it goes to overtime, Kamani Johnson's the unsung hero. Just what a what a great game. And I think what made it even better is the after effects of this game where on the court you saw some a skirmish, a scuffle between fans and some, and the people on the Razorback bench. Uh, I mean, the fan, there was a, all I saw, the videos that we saw is that there was a fan from San Diego State that went onto the court and I was trying to fight, I guess, Musselman and the team. And he was trying to fight him and trying to look for him. And, and it was, you know, everything was so bad. And 
really weird that went on. And then there was a people were reporting things and the picture came out of Mus doing the L signal to the fans that were yelling at him and getting after him. So, uh, you know, people were talking about, oh, man, Mus is terrible. This is classless. It's, it's terrible. I was like, man, I love it. I love it. I love my coach doing that because who cares? Like you're Arkansas. You're going to get disrespected no matter what. People are going to not care about you no matter what. Ha show out a little bit and be like, be a little overconfident when it comes to your basketball program and, you know, talk some trash back. You're not, you're not letting anybody talk down to you because you're, because people will. You're like, oh, you're Arkansas. No, don't talk down to me. You took the L. That's what must uh, throw it to him. So I loved it. I thought it was great. Some people were talking about how, uh, oh man, it's terrible for look for Arkansas and, you know, this is this is something that uh, shouldn't be happening. And, uh, you know, it's it I was just like, I don't care about any of that stuff, man. Like, who cares? We're not going to see San Diego State again unless it's in the, you know, the the NCAA tournament, something like that. They're a good basketball team. But either way, Muss ended up having to release a statement, which he says, quote, we recently played a highly contested and emotional game against an exceptional San Diego State team. Shortly after the game, I and some members of our program Responded with negative dialogue to a few San Diego State fans. I want to take this opportunity to apologize to San Diego State community and especially to head coach Brian Dutcher, his staff, their excellent team, and their enthusiastic fans for their post game for this post game interaction. We highly value and appreciate and respect our participation in the 2022 Maui Classic. Uh, I don't think he needed to apologize. I don't think there was anything to apologize for. I think things like that happen. Here's but here's my thing, and we'll end the podcast on this. When it comes to things like that interactions with fans you know you just something you want to see all the time no but in basketball trash talk is part of the game there's a certain line you don't want to cross but it's part of the game players do it coaches do it fans do it it's back and forth especially in that small tiny little gym like a high school gym it's very close it's where everybody's at you know there's a lot of uh, problems there that sometimes can happen when trash talk happens but there's a line you don't want to cross when it comes to certain things and how I look at it is that the team and the coaches never need to go into the stands and the fans never need to go onto the court. Whenever one of those things happen, that's the one who crosses the line. If you can't handle trash talk, if you can't handle taking an L, then that, that's your problem. That's on you. But the second that you cross that line, you're at fault. So the San Diego State fan that crossed that line and ran onto the court, the multiple fans that did, they're the ones that are at fault in here. I don't think Muss is at fault. Must talk trash. The fans talk trash. Players talk trash. It was trash talking. You should be able to handle trash talk. But when it becomes into that physical mode or when you're trying to look to fight somebody by going onto the court, you're at fault. So that San Diego State fan, I think those fans need to apologize. They won't. I think that uh, they need to be held accountable. They won't because, you know, it's all must because he's supposed to be to a higher standard. No, listen, you're the one that can go onto the court. Must didn't go into the stands. Players didn't go into the stands. You went onto the court. And when you go onto the court, that's on you. The onus is on you. So I don't think Must should have apologized. I guess it's nice that he did for some. But, hey, keep it going. Keep winning. Can't wait to see what this basketball season has. And, hey, who knows? Maybe we see Nick Smith finally play tonight. Man, won't that be fun? Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors. For any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.